our son, you know, we still had trauma stuff. I mean, we were working through with him. So we were trying to be, trying to figure out what was best for our family, but still being open to a God. This is Elaine Kohanowitz. Welcome to the Imagine Momcast. Okay, so it sounds like the the the, the surgeries that you had were really it, it was really a lot. I mean, it's kind of even hard to imagine going through all that for me. I mean, that's just so many surgeries in a row, and then besides that, taking care of your son. Um, what kind of like? I mean, how did you cope? Like, how was that even going? <laughs> well, I wasn't coping very well at all. Um, actually, just because with my son and his issues and, um, you know, my daughter needing me and we had just moved to a new community, didn't know very many people, um, just going through a hysterectomy um, in itself, oh my, my hormones were a mess. I and bet. so, yeah. Um, so. I was very angry and I was very depressed. I had no energy, um, scared, anxious, you name it. And so through that, um, really it affected our marriage. Um, I mean, I, I just wondered if you were going to say that because, you know, just myself, just going through kind of premenopausal, you know, even yeah. with just regular periods, I feel like it's been so hard on my husband because you know just the emotional swings and the anger and the 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 sadness and depression and everything you know just from and that's just kind of normal you know hormonal changes i mean wow how did he handle that <laughs> yeah i think he just wanted to get away <laughs> so, yeah away from it all because you know he's trying to work and make it go and then he didn't know what to do with me because i was going through all of this and i think he was also scared too um, that he was going to, that I wasn't going to make it through, especially with the, the tumor on my, my liver. Cause oh, yeah. you know, they sent me to a cancer doctor. So they, he really thought I had this big cancerous tumor on my liver. Oh my so, so yeah, there's just, just a lot of things. And so we were flying people in to take care of me and, and everything. And I, it took, it took years to kind of get over that because he would say that I said things to him that scarred him and I don't recall saying them. Um, just kind of in my state of mind and through all the hospitalizations and surgeries and just everything that I was dealing with, I, I don't remember saying some of the things that I said. I do remember that I felt abandoned by him yeah. and I think it was more of his way of just, he would go off and do his thing his way of dealing with it because he didn't know how to. And I was left trying to figure out how to do all the stuff that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Do you think that he also kind of did his own thing to deal with, cope with dealing with the kids as well and, and work and everything else? Or I mean, yeah. I don't really know exactly how much he had on his plate. He had a lot. And I think he felt that he was like taking care of it by like flying people in and they were there um, to take care of me. And so I think that's how he felt like he was taking care of it. But I think I emotionally felt like my whole life is going crazy and where is he? You know, yeah, <laughs> I need yeah, yeah. him to be there emotionally for me. Yeah. Yeah. Were you so, at home a lot or in the hospital a lot or both? 
both that year was just crazy i mean when i was home i mostly that year that that year i couldn't lift um anything over 10 pounds because of my lung collapses they kept oh, collapsing yeah. and so i had the three no two surgeries and then i i don't remember how many times i was in the hospital <laughs> excuse me but i was in the hospital for like a week at a time like with the lung collapses so yeah um, I was home more. I just couldn't, I was always recovering, so I couldn't um, do the things I needed to do, you know, with the general. Sorry, it kind of cut out there. Are you there? I'm there. Uh, yeah, okay. I stopped talking because I didn't know. No. That, so, so how did, so like, I don't know who you flew in. Were they emotionally helpful or how did you get the emotional was, support that you needed? Yeah, it was mostly just family members uh -huh. um, coming in, but it's it's still hard to have them come in and take care of everything. Um, and so they were helping me like take care of the physical needs, but I just had this emotional craziness that I didn't even know how to handle. Too, yeah i mean i obviously like i said i've never been through anything like that but i can relate from being like postpartum yeah. you know, like sometimes if i was lucky i had help yeah. which wasn't always yeah. you know? um and thank god for the people who helped me but at the same time yeah. like i definitely did go through some depression and you, i didn't I mean i remember feeling just really really isolated is that how you felt oh yeah especially because we moved to a new community, so I hadn't yet really reached oh, out and yeah. made comments and stuff. But we, had, during that time, we had started going to a church, and um, and I went to I can't remember what I went to, but I went to something. And at the end, they were just asking for people that needed prayer to come down, and I've never done that before. You you know, and oh wow, and I did this time, and I didn't make it very far. I got to the person, and I just. We, I mean, I just wept on her and cried and oh, wow. kind of got out his me. And through that meeting of that person and just that prayer that began just a healing time for me emotionally through what I was going through, um, I, I think I first started going, I, you know, physically, you know, I have this tumor, my lungs collapsing and um, I just had a hysterectomy and I'm really sad and depressed over this yeah. and just all of that. And so they had a healing team that I met with, but through, through all of that, it wasn't like really healing my physical body. It was all this emotional stuff that um, I was dealing with and I, or I hadn't dealt with kind of came out and just that I was angry at God too, just that I was mm -hmm. going through all of this stuff and felt so alone and abandoned and yeah, yeah. so and and you're saying that you some things came out so does that mean that it, it, it i mean i think sometimes what happens you know is like what has happened to us now is triggering maybe something that happened to us before or even a series of events sometimes that have happened you know um but it kind of usually goes back to some like root belief i guess that we have is that um, Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, it did. Um, what really ended up coming out, I went through a class 
that was called Oaks of Righteousness, and that was dealing with all those roots and everything. And really what came out of that is just my relationship with my dad and how he was in our home and how he treated me and his behaviors and actions, how they affected me. Thus, I had just a lot of stuff from that um, that I needed to work through. And I needed to work through many, many layers of forgiveness of him um, because I had no idea the effects that what his actions were affected me as a, as a woman, as um, a, a child of God. I just, yeah, I had no idea. And so in my unforgiveness of him or just kind of blaming him for some of the things that affected my marriage relationship. It affected my view of God mm-hmm. um, and and so many things. So that's that was a huge healing process for me in that. I mean, my, my dad still chooses not good things. Um, he says things that hurt, mm-hmm. um, things that are crazy, um, things that people would normally go, I'm having nothing to do with him. Um, but going through that forgiveness of him and just the many layers. And I had a, two wonderful ladies that walked beside me and just dove into that with me. Um, I'm able to say to this day, I'm like, as I think of my dad, I think of how can I love him? How can I love him? God, what does that look like to love him? And wow, yeah. That's and so I do that. But at the same time, I have to put some boundaries up with him um, to, to keep, um, my family safe and me safe in that too. So yeah, to, to keep a healthy, to keep yourself healthy and, yeah, keep, and to keep my marriage healthy to keep yeah. me healthy. Yeah. So did it help your relationship with your husband, um, it, and dealing it, just with the current situation? Um, yes, <laughs> but it took, it took a while. It took a long while. I mean, I worked on myself through that for a while. And I still, as I was going through that, I was still dealing with health issues too. Yeah. Because um, we still had to figure out the culprit of the, the, what was collapsing my lung. And I had to work through, do we have a surgery for my liver tumor and all that? And so, um, but yeah, it was after working through that and just having that feeling of peace and joy and releasing the anger and, releasing the hopelessness and all that. Um, I never want to go back to that, that place. Um, yeah, yeah. That way and just running to God in that, that's that really solidified that for me. And as far as our marriage, I mean, things were okay, but my husband, he really, like I said earlier, he was really hurt by some of the things I said. Mm-hmm. And so um, like I had walked through the forgiveness of my dad, forgiveness of my husband, forgiveness of all these people so that I was in a good place, health in healthy place. Yeah. He kept saying, I'm having a hard time forgiving you. And yeah. so it took a couple of years for us to kind of resolve that and work through that and keep working at it. So yeah. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just like, Oh, I worked through it and it was great. I mean, he had his side too, to, work through right well you know 
some part of that's like, oh my gosh, two years, you know, wow. It, but it's so awesome at the same time, just because, you know, you were committed to making it work. And, and, and I think it's a good point that some things don't just get resolved right away. But if you, you know, find resources and stick to it, you'll eventually come out on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, and my husband and I are both very committed to each other and just to, to work it out, even though it's hard, you know, it's really yeah. hard and we're hurt by each other. Absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> you, you had mentioned to me before that in doing the healing ministry, it, it connected you to a, <clears throat> excuse me, a naturopathic doctor, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. During the time it, yeah, it was a, actually, he was a chiropractor, but his really, his passion was helping people through nutrition and, um, to help heal their bodies. So that was just a huge passion of his. And so, um, so yes, I got connected with him and he looked at my minerals. He looked at my hormone levels and looked at my adrenal function and my adrenal function was, I mean, it was really, really messed up. So through all of that, he put me on lots of supplements. I had to take like almost every two hours and my little pill box that I took around. Now, and now just to, just to backtrack a bit, like when you, um, like the, can you, can you kind of explain the reason why you felt really compelled to go to this doctor? Um, well, and what I mean by that is like, you know, your, your quality of life, like you'd have these surgeries, but. Oh, uh, well, know. what happened was, I, okay. So what my lung was collapsing and they had attributed it to the endometriosis being in my thoracic cavity. And so yeah. it would respond to those hormones and my, my body would cycle and all that, that goes along with that. And. And then my, I really, in researching it all and with the cause of endometriosis and everything, I believe that the tumor on my liver was probably there because of my hormones and, and everything. And after my, they went in and did a um, pleurodesis where they um, glued my lung up to the chest wall mm -hmm. and it was supposed to stop my lung collapses. Well, after that surgery, my lung was trying to collapse again and it was really painful because it was glued up there, but um, I knew the the symptoms and everything. So I went to where I was supposed to. They always sent me to the emergency room, and they're like, "Yes, you have a collapsed lung. It's like it's collapsing. It's like was like ten percent because it couldn't, but it was really painful." So I was just like, "Am I going to live the rest of my life like in fear that my lung is going to collapse and and the pain oh, and the pain and can I run? Can I lift? Can I play with my children?" Can, I mean, we were very active. My husband and I love the outdoors. He loves to water ski. We love to hike, you know, just, we love that. And I'm like, is this going to be my life? Am I going to be in fear that I can't go out on a walk even? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was, um, and plus at that time I started having um, pretty severe migraine headaches too. Oh, um, wow. I think from all the stress and hormones being a mess. So that's where I just got to that place of like, I, I don't want to live like this. I don't even know what to do. And that's when I got connected with, with that, the doctor, the chiropractor. 
Okay, so you are kind of like at your last resort. Like, if, like, if you can help me, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. And it was changing my diet. Um, it was... Which is huge. Really, yeah, and it was cutting up sugar completely. I mean, completely for, I think for a year or two, I com completely um, cut out sugar. Wow. And I just remember going, you know, because you go to people's houses and they have all these little things and I'm like, I can't eat that. And I had to tell myself, if you eat that, you're going to die because <laughs> wow. it's going to collapse my lung or whatever. I mean, that's how I yeah. got to having the willpower not to eat the stuff. So, right. You kind yeah. of, it's crazy, but you almost have to because it's such a constant thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you want it, you know, when you can't have something, you want it, you know, you want it. More. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So really, um, you know, bought a lot of food organically and just ate a lot of just vegetables really and good sources of protein um, mm -hmm. and drank a lot of water and had lots of supplements. Taking a bunch of supplements. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then just because my adrenal was all messed up, then I actually ended up, he was like, every time you get tired, you just need to sit down and close your eyes and maybe even go to sleep, but you can't sleep longer than 10 minutes. And so I would rest. Um, I did that like probably three times a day at the why, beginning. Why the, the sleep limit or the because if you sleep If you sleep longer than 10 minutes, um, then your body goes into the, the cycles of sleep and it's harder for you to wake up and mm -hmm. you don't feel very good. You know, when you take a, a nap and it's really hard to yeah, get your yeah. body back up and function during the day. So if right. you sleep longer, it's harder. You, you get that feeling where if you just do like 10, 15 minutes, you can get up and you feel revived versus groggy. Okay. And then it doesn't cut into sleeping at night. Um, oh, so he was wanting your sleep at night to be really deep so that you did heal. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so with the point of it during the day is it just gave my body rest and you know, that whole, the adrenal function, you know, the hormones with the, the fight or flight and all that stuff. It just helped me stay in a calm state to help me rest. And so yeah. that was really good for, you know, trying to eliminate the stress and everything. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, so what was the effect of all that and how long did it take to help you? I probably did that for a couple of years okay. and yeah, it was a while, but I, you know, probably after six months, I really started feeling really good. And oh, I wish, good. yeah. And I wish that I could go back. I mean, I'm not there now because I felt really good. It, I just, yeah, I felt really good when I was doing that. And I'm not there today, so, but. But, but to your credit, I mean, just knowing you, you know, that, that I do, um, you mean, you eat pretty good, like even yeah. now. Yeah, I still do. I don't, I wasn't, I'm not as strict as I was then because I wasn't eating any sugar at all. And yeah. now I have things here and there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so did your lung collapse after that? No. Well, after I started the nutrition, no. I have not That's had, awesome. since then, I have not had an issue with my lung. Wow, that is really amazing. I mean, that yeah. is really a testimony. Yeah. And even my migraines went away too. So, oh, really? Yeah. When I oh, did wow, all that. That's yeah. Great. yeah. That's wonderful. So, so it took a while, but you eventually got back into like a lot better place. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. It took, I would say, like I said, a couple of years to get in, the, in a better place. And at that point, like how old are your kiddos now? Oh goodness. Let me think. So Cody or no, Isaac would have been about four. Mm -hmm. So my daughter would have been about 10, nine or 10. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're still pretty young, but they're getting a little bit older past yeah. the baby stage and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then eventually I know you have another child. So how did that <laughs> come about? Well, as I got, you know, healthy and I was really pouring into my relationship with God and just, um, just meeting with some wonderful women um, that just really um, poured into me. I just feel like God was laying out my heart to adopt again. And and I in my conversations with God, I'm like, I can't do that. You know, look at how yeah. hard I've been and look at my health. And there's no way I can do that, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but she just kept putting it out there and you know whether it's something I was reading or in a quiet time or just wouldn't leave my thoughts and mm -hmm. and so I when I remember when my friends just said to me have you ever just told God yes I'm like oh, no wow. I've been telling him yeah just yes and so just to see and I'm like no I haven't because I can't fathom doing it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. everything that we've been through um were you I mean I don't know but were you afraid to talk to your husband about it after I, all that you had been through and all, I mean, all that he had been through too. I mean, I was a little bit because financially, yeah. if you can imagine after adopting our first son, we had a loan and, um, all my health issues. And then my son's health issues, we had, um, you know, adoption loan. We had all these medical bills. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, how in the world, you know, would we be able to do that? Because adoption is pretty expensive. Wow. So, but, you know, God is good because one of my friends during that time that was praying with me, she said, just, I just really feel like you're supposed to expect some miracles, you know, in your life. And I just remember one morning sitting in my kitchen window and I looked out and I saw this beautiful rainbow and I just felt like, God was saying that rainbows for me, you know, I'm going to be doing a miracle. And later that day, I think if I recall, right, it might've been that week, but my, my brain wants to say it was that day. Mm -hmm. My husband calls me from work and he's like, you'll never know, believe what just happened. And the company that he is, was working for, they sold that company. Mm -hmm. And I guess that he found out that day or whatever. And so the profit that the owner was getting from that company, he wanted to give that to his employees. And so my husband got a bonus oh, from the sale of the company that wiped out our adoption debt and our medical debt. Wow. I know. Awesome. I mean, we had no idea. I mean, it was just one day, boom, changed. It was gone. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Wow. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so it got us good like that when, you know, you know, as I trust him and I, you know, I'm going forward with that, he says he will take care of our needs and he did completely. That, man, what an incredible, you know, witness for what God can do. Yeah, yeah.
So I think with given that, just in that hearing that adoption call, I'm like, okay, God, yes, right. I know what this looks like. I'm really scared. And so, and I think too, with my husband seeing that too, um, we are pretty open with that. And, and he, he said that during that time when I said, I feel like we're supposed to adopt again. He's like, I'm going to trust you on this, Tracy. I will follow you because you're hearing from God. I'm not hearing that, but I trust you hearing from him. So he wow. went with me on the journey. That is really yeah. something. That's neat. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, but as we started that process, we ended up moving again. <laughs> to oh, wow. Community. And so we get there and I'm like, well, how are we supposed to do this adoption thing here? And God just put this amazing friend in my life there that said, we're going to make this happen. Cause I'm like, I mean, he wiped out, God wiped out our debt, but we still did not have money to do another adoption. Okay, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so that process was quite interesting to, to go through too. Um, she's like, we're just gonna, we're going to do fundraisers and we're going to raise money for this. And she just put these fundraisers together. No way. Um, yeah, it was, well, but the, but the beginning part of it, um, is I was, we were trying to decide where to adopt from. We were actually went through foster care training. I got a home study. I was just like, oh, okay, wow. God, you put it on my heart. I'm just taking the steps to be available for whatever comes our way. Um, yeah. And be ready to adopt, you know? And so, so were you thinking that you might adopt to foster because that's a lot less expensive or maybe it doesn't cost at all. Is that what you had in mind or was that just, just to kind of get ready for we were, it? We were just opening ourselves up. Yeah. We had, I had started with the adoption process, but, um, was going through that cause we had done that before. Yeah. So I had started with getting a home study and then we were looking into, and we were still wrestling with foster care of going, I don't know if I can give the child back, you know, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, so we were really trying to check our hearts in that. And as we wrestled through like bringing a child in and then being able to release them and, you know, just that yeah. whole thing. And we were thinking of our other kiddos too, because my daughter had gone through, you know, oh, right. times with that first adoption. Yeah, and right. Our son, you know, we still had trauma stuff. I mean, we were working through with him. So we were trying to be, trying to figure out what was best for our family, but still right. being open to what God was putting on my heart right. too. So. so what happened? You raised a bunch of money? Well, so that was our first thing. And so I had been talking to some adoption agencies about, you know, what their policies were and kind of working with them. Um, and there was one agency that said, you know what, you, if you send us our, your profile, are you okay if we show it? And I'm like, yeah. And we hadn't signed anything with them or anything. I'm like, okay, sure. Well, they called us without us signing with them and said, hey, we showed it to this birth mom and she she wants to choose your family. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, well, <laughs> we weren't thinking that way. And the agency was really expensive. And we're like, oh, we can't do this, you know? And so we were going to tell them no. Cause we financially just, I'm like, we can't do this, you know? And my daughter said to me, as we were going to say, no, she said, she said, mom, haven't you always told me that if God calls you to do something that he provides a way? And wow. Like, okay. 
I'm like, okay, so I think we have to do this and just trust him. Yeah. So they, so we decided to go forward with it and just go, okay, God, we've seen you like completely provide in the past, you know, above our understanding. And so we are going to trust you in this. And I remember going to the bank that first day that we were sending a payment into this agency and it was like pretty much wiping out our any savings that we had oh wow okay (laughs) we're gonna do this yeah and um on my way to mail that check to the agency i got a call and there it was basically my friend saying you'll never believe this but our church approved you guys to get a grant for the adoption. So it co- that covered our first payment. So, wow. that, I know. <laughs> so, so that confirmed to me, I'm like, okay, we're supposed to go forward with this. Yeah. Wow, that's so amazing. That's so cool. Don't miss episode four. This is the last episode in our interview with Sarah as she tells us some continued miracles with the second adoption of their uh, next child, as well as a subsequent move and the detriment that had on their daughter and um, what happened. So I hope to see you there and thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thanks for visiting the show. Want to hear more? Keep listening at Imagine Momcast on any podcasting platform. Would love for you to be part of our conversation too. If you go to Facebook or Instagram, you can search Imagine Mom to join our community. Can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.